Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Going back a little bit to, to what you mentioned about personal style, I think that's really more what I, I feel is our relationship to fashion. And if we acknowledge that relationship to fashion that really was what, what personal style is all about like how you view yourself wearing um, engaging with the fashion choices that you make you are listening to project loving myself podcast a well-being podcast that shares stories of self-love mental fortitude and self-discovery hosted by life designer and well-being coach sanaya gurnamal Hi, I'm Sanaya Gurnamal, and this is the Project Loving Myself podcast. Join me each week as we navigate through aha moments, new ideas, and flashes of insight from candid conversations that inspire you to get started on your own project of loving yourself. Because the most important relationship you will ever have is the relationship that you have with yourself. You matter. This is Project Loving Myself. y'all and thank you for joining me today on this beautiful day. Even though well-being and seeking is my passion, I'm still a woman who loves getting all dressed up, flaunting my own personal style and experimenting with different looks. I used to be in the whirlwind life of fashion as a fashion buyer, and sometimes I do miss the excitement and creativity of that life. But I made different choices that brought me to this point in my life. choices that I absolutely know were the best ones for me. But I still do enjoy keeping step with fashion trends that makes getting dressed up just so much more fun. And I'm sure many of you feel me right now. We enjoy this path of self-love and well-being, and part of it is about taking good care of yourself. Part of it is about taking pride in our appearance and having our own personal style. So with that being said, let me introduce you to our guest today. who is a stylist and an entrepreneur who has earned respect and recognition in the glitz and glamour of the fashion scene. Pam Quinones is credited for bridging the gap between macho and feminine styles in the early 2000s, incorporating men's tailored silhouettes into women's pieces. From then on, she had a line of A-list celebrities, fashion catalogs, and quite the following on social media, with fans vying for her sleek, modern style. She is the founder and executive creative director of Curator Studio, a fashion styling company that nurtures emerging stylists and has been dressing up Filipino A-listers for over a decade. She is also behind Vestido Manila, an IT fashion rental space. But despite these very many fashionable hats that she wears, Pam acknowledges that fashion is more than just looking good and dressing up in style. 
Pam is a fashion maven pushing for conscious consumption and creation, advocating sustainability in a world obsessed with possessing what's hot and new. So let's see where this conversation goes. Welcome to the Project Loving Myself podcast, Pam. Hi, Sanaya. Hi, Pam. Thanks for having me. And thank you for that wonderful intro. I hope I did justice because I know there's so many different accolades you've already collected. Um, But of course, I will let you tell us a little bit more about uh, what you do and also your thoughts and perspectives on fashion. So let me start with... um, talking a little bit about something I read in uh, one of your interviews. You commented that looking good is a form of wellness because when you look good, you feel good. And of course, I completely agree with this. But at the same time, we don't want our self-worth to be tied into how we look on the outside. So what are your thoughts on that? Like, How do we balance both of these different um, perspectives? Absolutely. I think in that interview that... or. was it a podcast that you listened to or read? The context of that answer really came from the idea of discovering your personal style. I think how we look on the outside, it's, it's really just the outcome, right? And the outcome is quite relative. I think, you know, what I feel is good for what, what, what I feel it looks good for me and maybe my clients, some people may not agree. Right. So that's very relative. It really is for me, the process of, of the journey of finding your personal style is what I'm interested about and what I feel is essential. So that's not, you know, that's not even an easy journey. Like, finding your personal style. It, um, it's not about buying the most expensive cult brand today to make you feel good, right? You know, quickly, for sure, you'll feel good if you get like the latest bag, that's all the rage, but it's not sustainable because it might not reflect who you are. And then therefore you might not really keep wearing the bag and therefore you might not really keep the bag and it just goes to waste. So for me, it's really this choice that we have of making an effort towards self-refinement, the act of self-betterment and and improvement. I think that really is very essential because we might not be conscious about it, but it's actually uh, a road to self-discovery. So I like that word you used, Pam. It's the first time I've actually heard it, self-refinement. It's it's actually really fitting, um, especially for this podcast. Now, I think also what you were getting at is it's how we wear what we buy as well, right? So if we are a very confident person, then somehow we can carry things off better. Or if we know our body or we know what looks good on us, then kind of developing our personal style and finding the right pieces that really accent or accentuate our, um, our, you know, whatever we like about ourselves, maybe our body type or our coloring, our eyes, our hair, whatever it may be. So it's a little bit of, right. It's a little bit about like getting to know yourself better, which is how I think you're, we are able to develop our personal style, but it's also about how we carry what we buy. Cause you know, there are people who can buy something that, you know, 
is very basic, but when they wear it and the way they wear it, it just really stands out. And then there are people who will yes. drop a bomb on like the designer it dress. And then somehow it just doesn't fit well, or it doesn't look good on them. So it's kind of a blend of both, right? So yeah. what would you say, like in terms of maybe your, your experience with your clients or your own sort of fashion journey, is it, is it confidence? What, what are the qualities or traits that we should look to develop or things that will allow us to really have a personal style that works so well for us? Actually, everything you said are already the biggest points in terms of like looking for or discovering your personal style. But just going back a little bit to, to what you mentioned about personal style, I think that's really more what I, I feel is our relationship to fashion. And if we acknowledge that relationship to fashion, that really was what, what personal style is all about. Like how you view yourself wearing um, engaging with the fashion choices that you make. So for example, in terms of now, now uh, moving forward to finding your personal style, um, a lot of, of my clients or our celebrity clients, even, you know, when they come to us, they are confused about what they really want. I think the fact that we have a lot of choices out there, especially now with social media, it's very difficult to really decipher what you want because you want everything that you see. But it doesn't really mean that you want it for a long time. You just want it for the moment. And if you buy everything, then that's not, you have everything it doesn't really help your personal style. You just have everything. So I think it's more about really taking the time to understand certain factors, number one. And this is obviously the kind of journey that I have for myself also. So number one, what is your environment? And are you a career woman? Are you a wife, housewife? Are you a traveler? Are you an explorer? So all of that should be taken into consideration in terms of like um, with what you buy in terms of fashion. Um, secondly, your body shape and the silhouettes that work for your body shape. I've always said this, I think in interviews in the past that fashion or style, I mean style more so, is really about knowing what works for your body more than anything. Um, so if you have the right shapes for your silhouette if you know what accentuates your body if you know which parts of you, your body you kind of want to conceal then you know which you know which shapes can work for you third what works for your skin tone because not everyone can look good in a mustard yellow not everyone can look good in a burnt orange so you you kind of have to learn also how or you know with makeup it's the same thing they say there's warm tone there's cool tone right. so that also is a factor in terms of finding your personal style and then also there is what you already have in your closet so the things that you like, that you would like to keep and the things that are probably transient and you would like to let go of and kind of like understanding why. Why do I have these pieces and why do I want to keep them? So these are things that resonate with you. These are looks that resonate with you. And in terms of like preferences of style, I have this practice or an activity wherein I ask people to put together a mood board of everything they like from different decades. And usually 
it would look like a hodgepodge of things that you like so many things, which is literally, you know, which is essentially what we are. Like I like boho. I like masculine. I like feminine. I like so many things. And if you see my mood board, you're, you won't be able to understand what my personal style is really because the interests are so varied and, you know, extensive. So that kind of exercise will help you also understand which ones you really like. You put it on a mood board and then you just take a look at it for a while. Take a step back, look at it. And then you start picking out the things that really stand out. So maybe out of the hundred photos, you have like 30 and then you take out the rest amongst the 30, then you will see the details. So it doesn't mean I like boho that I like everything boho. Maybe there's something about it I really like. Maybe it's the, um, the fringe, you know, the fringe. It's probably just a fringe that I like about boho. So then you start realizing that these are certain elements that actually come together to make your personal style. And that for me is what is unique. So that's why I think it's very important to take the time to understand versus just buying what is out there that's available for you, might look good for you today, tomorrow, but you won't be able to keep it forever because it doesn't resonate with your personal style, right? You know, so there's that. Yeah, sorry, I just, go ahead. No, I just wanted to share, like, as you're talking about like this, putting a mood board together, right? And kind of understanding what are the the pieces that you like, what aspect of it. I'm thinking of like a vision board, right? So exactly. one of the things yeah. we do for like manifestation and abundance is we create a vision board and we put like images that represent what we want in our life. But in your case, you're talking about sort of first figuring out who we are through the 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 mood board and honestly even though it sounds like it's about our our clothing or our style i also feel like we learn a lot about ourselves our personality when we're doing something like a mood board because like i like fringe and then i'm thinking i like things that are a little feminine and that's part of my personality right so it's it's a lot of self discovery as you're starting to Right. As you're starting to understand your own style and why you gravitate towards certain things. And I was just thinking, you know, Pam, as you were talking, and I I do want more tips, by the way, the tips you've already given are awesome. But I'm just thinking that I have a tendency to buy the same kinds of things because it's easy. It's like my go to silhouette uniform, my uniform. But I bet you if I spent a little bit more time with the self-discovery of like what I do like, then I will have a better idea of what it is I like about that silhouette and perhaps be a little bit more adventurous in how I take that silhouette to the next level or something, right? Absolutely. And I always say it's about the person wanting that self-discovery, wanting that change. Because as a stylist, you can't force anything on anyone. Even if you are you know, you have the authority and they do believe you, but if someone doesn't want to change, you can't change the person. So with fashion, it's the same thing. And with, with discovering your personal style, um, we also have to be open to, and have the time, spend the time to, to do it. I mean, it takes a long time. I mean, 
I have celebrity clients who have changed their styles over the years, like completely different, but all of those um, all of those different evolu little evolutions or micro evolutions, I'd say, kind of are were, were very important and um, kind of helped build their new personal style. That all of those uh, mistakes, if you could say that, and you know, highlights in terms of their fashion journey, all come together now and who they are. And I'm the same. I, I've worn everything that probably shouldn't be worn. All my, my pictures from when I started styling when I was 21. When I look back, I make, I cringe. I actually regret some of my fashion choices. Maybe not some, maybe a lot when I was younger because I used to love putting all the trends together. But more than anything, it's really trying on the trends. I, I love trying on trends because it's new and it felt you know, I felt alive, kind of um, enjoying the trends and looking like I have the newest look as a stylist, this and that. But through the year, it's exciting. It too, is exciting. Right? Like, fashion should right? be, it's, a, it's right? adventure. It's adventure. It's, you know, making those mistakes, you know, those like maybe fashion faux pas or whatever at that, whatever it was at that time. At the end of the day, that's, as you said, how you discovered what your style is. Right. Mm -hmm. And so perhaps exactly we need to make those mistakes and we need to make those mistakes like bravely, like, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to try this out. And if it just doesn't work for me, okay, I did it. Right. It's like relationships, right? You kind of sometimes have to go through a lot of really wrong ones to know what you truly um, want in a person. Absolutely. It's, it's going back to what I said earlier, that personal style is the relationship that we have with fashion. And, and it takes a long time to, to build. And even when you feel like you've already found it, and you know exactly your distinct personal style, it changes because certain parts of your lives have changed, you know, like you have started to have a baby and all of a sudden all you want to do is wear light colored pieces and you come from the super high fashion background where everything was black, you know, so things really change and it's okay. And like, again, fashion, could be seen as a very detached, um, almost like impersonal, you know, the industry and quite intimidating for a lot of people, but actually fashion must be fun, must be personal and should really be easy. Yeah. So another point that you brought up, which I like, right, Pam, you talked about lifestyle and how fashion is about our lifestyle, right? And I'm also kind of relating to kind of my um, experiences where I um, I worked as a fashion buyer. And so for a while I lived in New York City, you know, I, I got a great discount. So whatever was like in, whatever's new, I was always the first to have it. And I experimented, right? And I really experimented. I had a lot of fun, but... Um, over over time like that whole fashion new york style fashion kind of gave way to the different roles i played in my life so i got into like well-being and spirituality and suddenly i didn't want to look like someone from the fashion industry because it gave 
completely the wrong impression to my clients who were coming to me to help them resolve like their problems and issues. And I remember when I first got started, I was living in Dubai there then at that point, and I would still dress the way I used to dress before I got into like well-being and spirituality and coaching and stuff. And I remember somebody came in to uh, for an appointment with me and he's like, are you, are you the person I'm supposed to meet? I mean, you look a little young to be doing what you're doing, you know, cause I was wearing like a, kind of like a, a short skirt and he was just kind of like, am I in the right place? And I almost had to kind of build back trust with him and rapport to get him to open up because he felt like I was not quite what he expected someone in my field to be dressed or to look like, you know, and I, so I slowly kind of adjusted my style a little bit. And also, you know, it was more comfortable to be meditating on the floor in like really comfy, like loungewear. Right. So I had to kind of evolve my style and then I got married and then I had children. And so my styles kind of really changed a lot. And sometimes I'm confused. Like, am I that person who's got kids and I want to be in like my jeans and, and, you know, sneakers or, and a, and a cap or something, or am I that girl who still remembers her days back in New York city and wear my high heels and my nice bag and my like really, you know, stylish clothes. And I, I suppose I feel like I'm confused. Like, who am I, you know, where am I at? And sometimes I'm like, yeah. okay, what's going on? Like I, I get confused when I'm going into my closet. So what advice would you give to someone like that who's been through many roles, who's played around mm -hmm. and maybe has gotten to a point where she doesn't know what her style is anymore because it's evolved so much? I think with, with your personal experience, all of those personalities from different lifestyles or different careers you've had will always be there. I think it will always be a part of you and a part of your closet. So in my closet, at least this is like a, a practice I do when I when I do my my um, spring cleaning, or I would say a very regular closet edit. So there are certain things that need to be in your closet and. Um, in terms of different styles, we can talk about that later because those are just really preferences. If you're more a boho girl, feminine girl, uh, more masculine, more casual jeans and tea, all of those are just preferences and interests. And even the most um, non-trendy person will probably bite into a few of these trends once in a while because these are just, you know, trends or looks or preferences. But what really is important is the foundation of your closet. And the foundation really starts with what works for your body shape, right? So do you have everything that you feel can accentuate and can flatter your body shape in your closet? So if you have all these, if, if, if you are the type who want to accentuate her waist, so do you have all these pieces wherein you have a bigger sleeve and then a smaller waist? So all the more it accentuates the waist. Um, are you the type? So it, it's more like understanding which silhouettes are these and do I have them in my closet? So it doesn't matter if if it's just black or white, because in the beginning, it's important for you to understand which really, which pieces really work for your body, which pieces work for your long legs, which pieces look for your short legs, making them longer or elongating them visually. Um, so all these things 
are very important as a core foundation. I think what works for your silhouette is super important. And something like this, you can Google on the internet now. Thank God for all these YouTube videos about, you know, what works for your body shape. Like back in the day, I had to buy a book to really understand what works for body shapes not like me. Because you know your body. And as a stylist, I think we are more interested in discovering and experimenting on our own bodies more than the usual person who isn't a stylist. So I also want to discover different bodies. I had to buy a book. Now you can just go online and you can see sort of like, okay, this is more of my body type. This works. But then again, each body is unique. So you can be, they say apple, pear, um, our, everyone is an hourglass. So it's very difficult sometimes because it can get too technical and at some point academic. And the best thing to do is to just really try it on and see for yourself and understand and acknowledge what works, what doesn't work, but also see if you like it. How do you feel in it? So that's, that's the first one. And then second, um, there are things that are the foundation of your closet. So the usual, the jeans, the trousers, this go-to dress. So whether it's a black dress, it's a printed dress, a white dress. We live in a tropical country. So, you know, obviously we don't get to travel as much as we used to going to cooler climate um, countries we should have probably more than 50 to 80% of our closet tropical, you know, ready. Like we shouldn't be having all of our cashmere sweaters in our actual closet. They should be in storage. Our closet, I look at our closet as, or at least my closet, and this is something I would like to advise people on. They might like this idea. If you look at your closet, you should you should treat it as an exclusive club wherein each item in your closet is a member and deserves to be in the closet in this exclusive club. So to be able to access or get, you know, to access this closet, this new piece that you're going to buy needs to, you know, needs to have certain things should fall on certain criteria. So for example, at least with me personally, this item needs to be a reflection of my personal style. When I look at it, I can say, okay, this is spam or could be Pam. Secondly, I need to know that this can flatter me. This, But as a stylist, it's quite easy for us to kind of do that, right? But is this item going to flatter me? Does it, does it work for my skin tone? Do I have something like this already in my closet? If yes, I might not buy it. And lastly, do I want to commit myself to this item and wear it for the next five, 10 years? So if all of those are a check, then yes, you enter the exclusive club, which is my closet. So yeah, so I think that's kind of important. And I always feel guilty because I don't get to do it all the time also. Like there are times when I don't have the time and I just put everything in my closet. And by weekend, I feel so guilty because I crammed everything there. And these are new pieces that, you know, are either sent to me or I have used for a shoot and want to kind of rewear for myself, but I'm trying to force myself to do it. So I have to go back to detoxing my closet and saying, okay, does everyone here deserve to be here? Do they speak to me? Do they reflect my personal style? So all of that is so important. So I think for all the 
women or men, moms who have started to really look at their closets and got so confused. So this is going back to your to your question. I think it's really important to start discovering first your new personal style, whatever it is. So do a mood board, like what I said, and don't do it in a rush. Because all of these, again, personal style is a relationship with fashion, your relationship with fashion, it should take time. If it takes three years, then three years. So you can't do this overnight. So it's okay. It's okay to sort of go through it one day and go, okay, these are stuff that need to be in the closet. These are stuff I'm not going to let go of because these are amazing winter pieces. They go into storage. So I call that off-season storage and then i also have a storage for special pieces that i can access in terms of really special events like gowns and cocktails cocktail dresses and anything sparkly you know now before we get to the next question we're going to be right back after this short break hey there this is mish and i'm inviting you to listen to season four of mish conceptions We're back with more topics to guide you through adulting, push you towards building a successful career, or help you towards self-improvement. A lot of our experiences in our lives are brought by malingakala or unmanaged expectation. This podcast aims to debunk those misconceptions and help you grow into a better version of yourself. You'll be able to listen to the new episodes every Monday morning to give you the energy boost that you need to start your week. See you there! Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So my closet, so I have three different closets, basically. So I have the off-season storage. I have the special pieces. And third is my current wardrobe, which is a reflection of my current lifestyle, where I'm at at the moment, which is a lot of Zoom meetings, (laughs) Um, not traveling to a far-off destination, a lot of beach outfits, because I go to the beach um, every now and then. And... A lot of stuff that are very uniform-like because I use them for shoots. So I suggest it's some it's something you guys can also do, you know, like make sure the closet you have at home, the easy access closet is almost like a capsule wardrobe. However, a capsule wardrobe um, technically is a very idealistic and very difficult, challenging thing to do because it only entails 30 pieces. Whoa. And I probably have... 100 in my current closet and and it's not realistic for me 
But I think what's realistic and what really helps a lot is knowing that whatever is in my closet, I can wear now in my, with my lifestyle, with the kind of work I have. So that kind of detoxing and curation is so important so that when you open your closet, you don't feel cluttered. When your closet is cluttered, your mind is cluttered because you can't make a decision. And why can't you make a decision? Because you have way too many options. And I always feel like that, even with, with stores, for example, when there's a sale and don't get me wrong, I still buy pieces. It's just that they have to fall under a certain, they have to pass the test, right? But when I go to a store that's on sale, I don't like it because there's way many, there's, there are way too many choices. Okay. I like it when it's like one more rack na lang left or like three, five racks. Then I really know what I want. So I feel that's very similar to having a really massive closet of having everything in your closet. So I think it's very important to curate. So I, I completely hear you. I totally resonate with what you said. And I love how this whole idea of your closet, right? This, this whole conversation we've just had, it's really a conversation about life. And our closet is like a metaphor for our life. So you talked about like having that VIP club and only certain pieces can make it in. And that was making me, it was reminding me of like friendships and how, you know, we should really have these quality friends in our life and we should have the criteria for what are the type of people we invite into our exclusive members only club, which are people that we can trust mm -hmm. and people who are trustworthy, people who are Oil, right? So like key pieces that we want to commit to for the next five to 10 years, right? Then you talked about like the questions that you ask yourself, you know, to allow these pieces to make it in. And I was thinking of healthy boundaries with people and how we need to, right? We need to have, you know, certain boundaries or certain things that we, um, that, that exist in our relationship with people. And so some of these questions would help us to have proper boundaries with people. Um, it will also help us deal with um, things in our life if we have that kind of checklist in our head. And that's kind of part of getting to know ourselves. Then you talked about curating the cl uh, closet, editing the closet. And also um, you talked about, um, you said editing, curating. It's one more thing you said, but it reminded me of like, oh, decluttering. You talked about decluttering. And this is very much, you know, part of well-being is your space, your your space where you live, where you work, where you sleep. Like it should be free of clutter. It should be like edited down to the pieces that you like in your home, you know, things that are working for you right? Because if there's too much of it, you can't create, it, it stifles your creativity. You can't manifest, you can't, you know, allow abundance to flow in because there's too much clutter. And that's like the closet because yeah. when it's cluttered, you're right. There's too many choices. You can't make good decisions. And that's life. When there is too much garbage in our life, when there's too much clutter in the form of people or stuff or baggage or like trauma from the past, you can't make good decisions right? You can't make the right choices. And there's going to be a lot of regret. So you talked about how in the past, you know, you see pictures and they're like these different outfits that you wore and you're like, oh, that was just not, you know, that did not flatter me, didn't look good on me. And so that's like us looking back at 
past baggage at relationships from the past or things from the past. And we're like, oh my, you know, I should never have dated that person. Or that was just, you know, not a great situation in my life or not a great time in my life. I didn't handle it. And so that's the regret we carry. But as you said, as we get to know ourselves better, you know, when we have that time and effort we put into understanding ourselves, discovering ourselves, you know, dealing with our feelings and our emotions. I mean, this is like a curated closet that's working for you. This is like a life that is really going to allow you to be at your best. And I'm thinking, wow, this is just such a great parallel. And I love that. I know. It's amazing how you're how you're connecting it. I mean, I never saw it like that, but it's so amazing. I feel like I'm enlightened (laughs) of this parallelism between my closet fashion in general and our fashion choices and our life choices. It's pretty amazing. And I bet you, Pam, so tell me if this is right. When your closet is cluttered, right? When you've got just too much stuff in there, you didn't do the editing, or if it's a mess, right? I'm sure it affects your ability to kind of feel good about yourself or to feel balanced or calm. Like I know when my room's a mess or my closet's a mess, I get like, you know, I feel a little thrown off and I feel like I need to find my, my grounding. I need to like recalibrate. And so, yeah, that's the relationship with our closet is really also our relationship with our life. Right. Mm -hmm. Do you agree with that? And absolutely. And simply, you know, Everyone wears clothes. Every single person in the world has to wake up and wear clothes every day, right? So that kind of relationship we have with our clothes is very personal. And not just personal, but it is everywhere. Right. Everyone has has his own. It's not a very special thing. Everyone has a very... Um, everyone has his own experience and relationship with clothes. And so you talked about this, right? The relationship we have with fashion. And I feel like there's a lot of women who are very intimidated with this idea of fashion and they might have no relationship with fashion because they feel completely out of their element or they feel like they can't seem to get it right. So how would you address that? How would you speak to them um, to help them maybe feel a little bit more befriended by this world of of fashion? What do you suggest? Well, the moment you choose a t-shirt and a pair of jeans to wear in the morning with your rubber shoes or sneakers, that's already making a decision about what fashion pieces to wear that day. And that already is part of your relationship with fashion because the relationships are not all the same. There are relationships that are mostly high fashion. There are relationships that are maybe a very timeless kind of fashion relationship. I mean, it's different as, you know, per person, but what really is true is everyone has a relationship with it, with fashion, with fashion pieces, whether we like it or not. Right. And that really is the personal style. And whether you see it as a personal style or not, whether you acknowledge you have one or don't, it is there. It's a matter of really just, um, I guess, acknowledging it that it actually exists. Right. And some people want to nurture their personal style, like people in fashion and celebrities that we work with, our clients. There are so many people who want to nurture their personal style because they feel that it makes them unique. It makes them 
it's easier for them once they know and and really understand their personal style it makes them different makes them individual but at the same time it makes it easier for them to make choices because they already know what works so it's easier to if i go into a store i'm not joking you i'm not i'm not there for more than 10 minutes i already know what i want um also when we buy pieces for for clients we already know what we want so if you have a knowledge of these things about your relationship with fashion it makes everything easier it makes it makes it um easier for you to shop it makes easy it makes it easier for you to dress up in the morning yeah and it makes it easier for you to be more sustainable because you will only really buy the pieces that work for you and you know that kind of like avoids the throwaway culture so i think that's why i always go back to personal style at the end of the day i don't really care much about fashion to be honest i do it i i, I am in the fashion industry but fashion it comes and goes and it's a tool but it's this unspoken bond that we have with the clothes that we like that really interests me and even with the celebrities with we style for example we might put them in different kinds of looks but somehow over time you see that they're developing a certain personal style even if it's a feminine look and a masculine look even if it's super feminine here frou frou but somehow that relationship that the person has nurtured through the the certain fashion choices have become kind of like a an important essential thing that makes you feel confident about yourself so whatever it is you're wearing it looks so you because you own it right and that only really comes from i guess knowing yourself right and knowing yourself in fashion again <laughs> because i know you have um a parallelism in life <laughs> but fashion, if you know who you are you can wear anything right if you know what works for you you can wear anything i think that's the beauty of knowing personal style so it's kind of like we have a signature you know there's a sort of signature that we can kind of find for ourselves that no matter what we decide to wear that's the you that's the us that really kind of comes out mm -hmm. and the other thing i also got from what you said is in a nutshell when you know your style, when you know yourself, you'll make better choices. You'll make quicker cho choices. So it's like less time waste, right? You're mm -hmm. probably going to get it right, which is going to make you more confident, happier. You know, it's going to allow you to be efficient. efficient and execute whatever it is that you want to execute. You know, that that board meeting, that presentation, you know, taking care of your kids the way you want or, you know, whatever role you're playing. And you're less likely to look back and say, oh, I regret whatever choice I made because you made it from a place of strength, a place of like knowing because you've already done the work, right? You did the work. And so again, in my parallel, you know, universe that I'm talking about with like well-being and sort of, you know, self-love and all, it's it's the same thing. I think it's the same common thread that runs through everything. Exactly. I think it's a considered choice, an educated choice. And I probably will be talking about sustainability later, but I think it's that it's that idea of, you know, really taking the time to make the decision. And once you already know 
who you are, what your personal style is, then all of those decision-making moments will become much easier. Right. Wow. I feel like really it's just some kind of like moments of enlightenment that have happened, as you mentioned. Um, yeah, I, I love how this whole conversation has actually touched upon, I think, something that's very relevant and important to all of us. Um, so amazing. But you did talk about sustainability already a little bit. So let's kind of move into that, Pam. Right now, you said that sometimes you choose to ignore sort of that or in the past, you realize that, you know, there's this inner conflict between your need to have something that's hot and new versus like what's a responsible purchase. And from there, you talked a little bit about like being responsible about our purchases, sustainability. We've talked about you talked about, you know kind of being a little bit more conscious. So tell me a little bit about your point of view on sustainability, what it is, what do you mean by being conscious? Talk to us a little bit about that. So what you mentioned earlier about um, that interview wherein I said, you know, I've known this whole concept of sustainability for a while, but I chose to ignore it. This happened when I was in the magazine as an editor-in-chief. So I was in a position wherein there was a lot of responsibility in terms of the work that we had to do. So I was just learning about sustainability in 2015. Um, this was after I got acquainted with a, an organization called Fashion Revolution, okay. which started in 2013, right after the collapse of Rana Plaza. So that, that, that disaster in Bangladesh had killed more than a thousand people. Um, they built Fashion Revolution. And after two years, that's when, or maybe after a year and a half, I got acquainted with them and really got very interested in their advocacy, um, which was really to make fashion more sustainable and make the fashion supply more ethical. I mean, just, just in a nutshell, the idea is to make fashion accountable for decision for bad decisions and i think more than anything our entire life me as a fashion enthusiast my entire life i've never really thought of where my clothes go when i decide to let go of them i never think of where my clothes end up whenever i buy a new item I never think about, I used to never think about this item. Well, probably just, I never think about how many times I will wear this item. So it, it's always like, I just want it. I, I have access to it. I can have it. So it's been like that forever. This whole concept of accountability for your choices, I think, has never been present. It's not that it's not present to us. We're just not aware that we should be thinking about it. And now with, you know, an organization like Fashion Revolution, talking about fashion and sustainability in fashion and helping fashion to become more mindful. Um, around 2015, I would say, that was really my, my, I would say like the start of my journey in terms of my mindfulness in term and mindfulness, not just about fashion in general, but with everything I make a decision about with the food, that I, with the food that I eat, the places we go to, like everything just became more considered. So, but it really started with 
my husband complaining about because you know we got married um when and moved in together and he was just complaining about the amount of paper and press kits you know all these press kits and paper bags and tons of bond paper that had press you know related articles on them i had so much of that in our spare bedroom because i keep bringing them home from the office and he was like what do you do with everything after you've written about this piece and i said we just throw them away and he said so why don't you ask the brands to just make it digital put it in a usb because before it was oh, the bath usb so put in a usb and or a cd and just give it to you because this is all waste and so that really started my journey in sustainability that very simple dialogue about not having not bringing in waste in the house was the very simple dialogue and i owe a lot to my husband that sort of enlightened me about you know making conscious decisions and so that really helped a lot because now in the office i'd have to think do i want to bring i like this paper bag because it looks great and it has a lookbook inside i can look at it for hours it's amazing but it's gonna go to waste i know because i'm not gonna keep it so I'm, i can't go bringing it back at home because my husband's gonna get mad at me so it started there and then that simple dialogue extended into a practice and then that practice eventually years after fast forward to 2021 became a lifestyle how has that changed you pam like going from a person who didn't think about these things right as most of us do not really pay much attention to to this but you started to become you said you use the words mindful you became more responsible you became more accountable by the way you know i'm going to throw it in but in that parallel you know parallels i've been drawing i mean that's also about living a accountable responsible conscious life right that our choices also have an impact on the environment they have an impact on other people they have an impact on society right so having taken that journey where you've started to become aware of these and then eventually it's your lifestyle so you are you're implementing it you're you're actually living this philosophy how has that changed you as a person and and what has that given you this is where i would say it's weird because you know you were mentioning about the parallelism of fashion and life in general this simple act of being aware of my choices of not bringing paper back into the house that just just going to go to waste or anything that just goes into waste that choice it became a dialogue with my husband not just with my husband anymore like it started being an idea that i wanted to practice more and because of that i wanted to when when i left the magazine in 2017 it affected me deeply that i wanted to create a brand that was a brand with purpose a brand that meant something so that's where you know vestido happened a fashion rental our fashion rental brand started out of this dialogue of we need to do something we, we might not be able to fix what is happening because it's impossible but a very small action could impact 
something greater, definitely. And also, the more you talk about it, the more you practice it, the more it becomes a lifestyle and the more people get used to it. And people might not get inspired, but people might get inspired. If one person got inspired by something you said about about being more mindful, about shopping, you know, in let's say, let's say, for example, in Zara, if you go in, into, if you used to go into Zara and buy 10 pieces, and then you heard this conversation about being more mindful and being, being more mindful, it's not just about where your pieces go after you discard them. It's about your personal style, what works for you. That's also being mindful, being really aware of everything. If you take into consideration all of the points I mentioned earlier and the knowledge of the amount of excess and waste we have probably in our homes and in our closets, then you're going to start thinking, wait a minute, maybe I don't need 10 pieces. Maybe I'm going to go home with one piece today. And that's fine. And I think that simple, you know, shift in a mindset makes so much of a difference. And for me, Again, that's why I always go back to I am not opposed to buying new things or having things custom made or anything new because consuming in general, consumption, we are really disposed to consume as people, as human beings. That's human nature for us. But this considered more educated consuming consumption is, I think, is what is essential and what we need to learn more how to do. Now, before we get to the next question, we're going to be right back after this short break. Have you ever felt like you needed to take your life to the next level? If yes, then go ahead and check out my podcast called Small Talk with Alec Cuenca. Allow me to share with you wisdom by ancient philosophers and modern thinkers partnered with practical science-driven advice. All of that and more only here on Podcast Network Asia. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Yeah, you know, I I also at one point in my life started to become more responsible, accountable, mindful of of everything, my consumption, my waste, you know, my my food in the house, um and I started to move from this idea of quantity to more quality, right? We all kind of get yeah. there at some point where you realize like, you know, quantity doesn't make me happy anymore. It's about quality, you know, quality relationships, quality clothing, quality food, and so on. Right. And I noticed that for me, Pam, I started to feel more connected to the world around me, to people, to the environment, because I actually cared more. Right. Because now I'm being mindful. So I, I am doing it out of place of, I care about these things. Right. And in, in the act of being more responsible and accountable, I was also developing my ability to kind of 
consider the world and the people, others around me, right? Absolutely. And that's the responsibility. That's exactly what what's in my mind. And I want to add that when you're caring and when you're actually in the moment of understanding that I actually acknowledge and care for this, you know, thing or this moment, you also become um, more present. And I think when you're more present, it makes life much better. I think that's one of the biggest things that are one of my biggest realizations when the pandemic happened. Um, having practiced or still practicing a more, you know, conscious lifestyle, um, a lifestyle wherein I, I really think about my choices. I become more present and I say no to a lot of things and it's okay. I, I choose to be, if I choose to be with you, I have to be with you and I want to be with you. So it's kind of that, that concept of being present that I think is so important. And, and actually it can be applied in to life, not just to fashion, to food, in anything, friendships. And I think that's also what we are lacking, I guess, at the moment with social media and everything being online, everyone being plugged in online. Sometimes we forget that the really important things need our time and our attention and our love, our care, our concerns. So I think all of that are realizations that, that I've had also. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I'm thinking also that this is kind of the problem for a lot of people is there's too much. There's too much going on. There are too many choices. There's too many distractions. And because of all of this, it's so hard to stay grounded. You know, it's so hard to be present, as you said. And I think if we would eliminate a lot more in our life, you know, especially the unnecessary things, right? So buy one or two or three things instead of like one in every color kind of thing, right? So I think then we create space for ourselves to really enjoy these moments, enjoy what we buy, what we consume, what we're creating. And so I guess that makes life a lot more meaningful, right? When we're not exactly. kind of running helter skelter and, and, you know, kind of all over the place, but we're really just here with this yeah. one person or one idea or one thing. And tonight you mentioned, you mentioned care, right? So I'm also thinking my relationship with my clothes has sort of like improved by like, I don't know, tenfold, twentyfold. Now, when I really want something and for example, as a whole, or maybe doesn't fit me anymore, I always think about either having it upcycled or mending it. And I mean, all these little things that probably it was so easy for me to say, you know what, let's just throw that because it's already broken or it has so many holes in it or whatever. That was me before. Like I was like that before. I used to really just let go of so many things and or throw things. But now I, because I have, 
you know, I have a relationship with my clothes. There's a story to tell with my clothes. It's probably a sentimental value. There's there's probably a, a really good story behind it. I want to keep it. I want to care for it. So I think this awareness of caring for your clothes will lead you to, you know, things like that, like finding ways to really allow your clothes to work for you and be with you for a long time. And really just how it's, it's a question of like, how long can we keep our clothes for? Let's do it. Yeah. And, and you're also really talking about relationships. You're talking about, yeah. you know, collecting the right relationships and committing to it and nurturing it and not just kind of discarding it because someone hurt you or someone did something that you didn't like, but it's kind of about, you know, choosing the right people in your life and really allowing those relationships to grow and evolve with you. And there's a kind of a commitment and a caring and a love in there that allows you to build upon those relationships. So you talked about this idea of upcycling. So Pam, can you define that for me? Tell me what that means and how can we do that? How can we kind of upcycle things that might not really work for us anymore, things that don't um, function the way it used to for us. So upcycling is the practice of reworking pieces, old pieces that don't work for you anymore, whether it's the fit, the cut, the trend, the look might be dated, anything but you want to keep it and you want to rework it to, I guess, modernize it to make it work for you. So for example, we have this, I have this blue sequin gown from 2009, perhaps 2008. And I've always kept it because the fabric was so special and it was just, I I knew it was a very expensive fabric and it was like a drape gown. And the look was very dated, right? Like this is a long time ago. So even if I wear it now, it's still going to be, I mean, it's dated. So I kept it and went back to the designer last, maybe a couple of months ago and asked the designer to upcycle the whole thing and modernize it. And we were able to do it and it was amazing. And it made me so happy. And I want to be able to do more of that. Also, because we have the access to designers here. If it's not a fashion designer who is a celebrated one, there are so many seamstresses here. There are a lot of even alteration stores, you know, a lot of these very skilled sewers and artisans can actually do these things. It's possible and it's not that expensive. So it's a really good um, alternative to buying something new, especially if you held on to something that long, it means there's something special about it. So whether it's a store you have, a sentimental value attached to it, it's some you want to continue that story by rewearing this piece because obviously you're not going to be able to wear it again. Right. But when you rework things, it's not just a story it holds within itself, but it's the feeling of, I feel good about it. I feel good that I did not buy or have something made that is new because I was able to recycle something. So basically it's, it's a form of recycling, you know, upcycling should be something that, that really works for you now. And I think, I think of upcycling also as taking these 
things that have happened to us in the past that we don't like to think about. We just kind of hide it in the closet. We're still holding on to it, but we can't really wear it because it's dated. It's from the past, but we keep it there and it kind of, you know, it it hurts or it, it kind of pokes us and we keep it in our past. But I think of upcycling as looking at these experiences in our past, learning the lessons from it, you know, and then turning the entire story or event or trauma or situation around. And now it's a positive because you learned the lesson and you got something good out of it. So that's what I was thinking when you were, when you were talking, but um, I actually have a story for you that I I wanted to share connected to what you just talked about. So I, um, I had just given birth to my baby about six months ago and we were doing, thank you. So we were doing like a newborn shoot and I was sitting with my husband and I was like, I have nothing to wear for my newborn shoot. Cause obviously my body's different and you know, like it's, uh, you know, I'm breastfeeding and then I wait around the tummy and you know, I got to find something that's going to look good or cover those parts that I want to and whatever it is. And I remember I was like shopping and I ended up spending, um, a bit of money to buy things for my shoot right and just for the shoot just for the shoot and of course my body changed in a month right because you're now like you're you're starting to lose that that weight from pregnancy and and so it doesn't fit well i mean one of the things i bought is so loose like i can't really do anything with it you know and um And a friend of mine, a friend of ours, actually, uh, she just had a baby and I, she was telling me the story about how spur of the moment she decided to do like a pregnancy shoot right before she gave birth. And so she contacted you and, um, you sent over a a stylist over to her and, um, your stylist styled her for the shoot. And I just, I mean, I saw the pictures recently and they were just amazing they were gorgeous and i you know yeah she looks so good good. and the thing that caught my attention is she didn't have to really buy anything for her shoot she got styled by someone from your team and i was just thinking like she was wearing things that really suited her pregnancy body looked great and i i was just thinking like why didn't i think to do that for my (laughs) my my newborn shoot right like i could have just contacted like i didn't know that this was an option before and i hope people listening would think of this um as as an option now is that we don't have to go and like buy new things all the time for what we need but perhaps we can kind of get in touch with you or your studio um and and or rent or rent rent, right and rent and that's also or upcycle like basically there are ways to turn what we have or to utilize the resources that are are there for us so that we're a bit more conscious about what we're doing and and probably the outcome would be way better than us stressing out and you know trying to buy a new piece and then regretting it and you know i just i just felt like i wish i had known that there were other options at the time yeah. You know, and um, it made me more conscious. It definitely made me more yeah. conscious. I think it's a because it's a band aid solution. It's right. a quick fix, right? Like buying something you feel like you need at the moment because you don't have that that look you want to go for in your closet. And it's so easy to go to the store and buy something new. And it's probably not exactly what you wanted, but it's already there and it's shiny. It's new. Yeah. It's sparkly, everything you want. And then you get it and you're never going to wear it again. Um, 
I think um, it's it's great to be able to to work with a stylist because a stylist it's a stylist problem where where he or she gets the pieces. Most of the time, um, he or she will rent the pieces from a place called like like us vestido or other, other rental shops or from designers. Like one of the things I really try to because it's very difficult to be very mindful in terms of consuming and creating something new when you're a stylist because being a stylist means you have to have a lot of options and a lot of new pieces because the people you style are always in the public eye and they're always coming out in different tv shows different commercials and everything needs to look different it's not because they need to wear something different, but because they usually endorse different brands that have different stories. So you, they can't look the same. Um, back in the day, being caught, if you if two, two celebrities wore the exact same thing, it's like a major, major no-no. It's almost like social suicide for them. Well, this is like maybe five years ago. Now the tides have turned. I mean, are turning. It's kind of changing that even the fans are starting to realize that it's okay. If this celebrity wore this white gown for this particular event, and then a month after another celebrity wore it, it's okay. Because people are starting to be more informed about the whole idea of waste and excess yeah and how we were all part of this this problem i mean i was a part of the problem everyone who feels like you know they want to pit celebrities against each other because they're wearing the exact same thing which i'm so against um at the moment i i just i just feel like anyone who still keeps doing that is so backward you know it's okay if i if i if my celebrity wears this dress and then another celebrity wears it because i next week because it was just rented from the same store it's okay it boils down to personal style it boils down to how this person actually was able to carry it and going back to stylists it's the stylist's job to restyle it creatively so that it looks different to be fit her or his celebrity, right? And I think that this is where I really appreciate people like, for example, Kate Middleton. And you see how she really like wears pieces and then re-wears them. And I think that when you see celebrities, people in the public, public figures who are re-wearing, you know, they're upcycling or they're being more responsible and conscious. And I think that trickles down. And many of many people who still have these like unrealistic standards of, you know, celebrities, for example, they start to adjust their standards and sort of, we all start to become a little bit more forgiving, more, um, more, less judgmental, I think. And that just makes for a, a better sort of industry, right. Of, of consumers and producers of, of let's say fashion, for example. So I guess, in summary, it's all around about being more conscious, being more mm-hmm. mindful, being more, um, I would say, curative about your life, your closet, your personal style. I think that 
in our conversation today, Pam, like we've really, I want to say, brought out the really important kind of topics and issues when we're talking about fashion and personal style. And I really appreciate that you allowed me to roll with the whole, you know, drawing all these parallels. Um, and I love what I picked up from our conversation as well. Now, before we go, um, Pam, I want to ask you for your project loving myself mantra quote, like maybe some saying or something that you'd like to share with our listeners, um, which helps you stay grounded and sane, you know, despite the crazy events of the world, whether it's the pandemic or, you know, your busy lifestyle, <laughs> how do you kind of stay true to yourself? Please do share. I, think, um, I mentioned it earlier, like I being aware to be present when I give my time to something or someone is such a big help for me to stay grounded, to stay loving and caring for for things, for people. I think it's such a it's such a revolutionary concept, to be honest. I, I find that not a lot of people are very present anymore. It's very difficult. When my phone is here, it's so easy for me to just grab it, right? Because it was not defying me that I have Instagram likes or whatever it is. But having that awareness that you shouldn't do it because you are in a time wherein you're supposed to be giving this person your your whole attention. I think something simple as that. And I think that trickles down to everything else that happens in your life. But for project loving uh, myself, I want to add that I saw this post going back to the phone. <laughs> I saw this post um, last night and I sent it to a really good friend of mine who's in Australia, who I really miss so dearly and who feels... You know, I mean, we were we were separated because of the pandemic and also is going through so many life changes. And I saw it and I just felt like I resonated with the message. So here it goes. Your new life is going to cost you your old one. It's going to cost you your comfort zone and your sense of direction. It's going to cost you relationships and friends. It's going to cost you being liked and, and understood. It doesn't matter. The people who are meant for you are going to meet you on the other side. You are going to build a new comfort zone around the things that actually move you forward. Instead of being liked, you're going to be loved. Instead of being understood, you're going to be seen. All you're going to lose is what was built for a person you no longer are let it go so that for me was so powerful yeah. because it also speaks to what we were talking about today actually yeah. so yeah that's just, that's it that was so fitting it it was giving me goosebumps as you were reading it out and really i think it was the best summary of our conversation today. So thank you, Pam. Thank you for this wonderful episode that I've been able to share with you. I appreciate your time. And I appreciate also everything that you have brought um, to, to the table today with what you've shared. Um, Pam, if you don't mind sharing your socials with our listeners, if they would like to, you know, follow you, get in touch. Um, and also, you know, with your studio, um, if they would like to know more. So it's my personal is at Pam Quinones, 
on Instagram. And we at my styling studio, which is Curator Studio, we are at Curator underscore studio. And our rental space, Vestido, is vestido.manila on Instagram. Thank you again. And I look forward to connecting with you soon again. Yes, thank you. I guess it doesn't work if we are mindful in our lives, but completely mindless when it comes to polluting our environment, damaging our planet, or contributing to the deterioration of our world with wasteful consumption. We must be mindful in every way, in every aspect of our life, even in our taste for fashion. Let me know if this conversation made you think about things that you too, like once Pam did, have ignored. I also love how so much of what we talked about had parallels in this whole journey of self-love and well-being. So let me know if uh, that was interesting to you. Let's take this conversation online, share your POV and tag at Project Loving Myself Podcast and at Sanaya Gurnamal. Follow me on Spotify and drop me a rating on Apple Podcasts. Hit me a subscribe button and share the love. Thank you to all those listeners who have been writing in to me on Instagram. And I've been replying and chatting with you because we're all in this together. And I love being able to communicate with you more personally. So keep them coming. Waves of change happen when we bond together over common ideas that challenge the existing norms. So don't just sit back and let things be the way they are. We are all here to make a difference. Now for today's quote... The greatest threat to our planet is the belief that someone else will save it. And this is by the author Robert Swan. Let me know what thoughts that inspires in you. You are loved. Thank you for joining me on Project Loving Myself, brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and powered by Podmetrics. Bye-bye. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.